0: That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your Rosary on the Road. I am a day late here. I want to apologize for that. I uh, came down with something very light over the... Uh, over the weekend and i could have recorded yesterday my voice is fine Um, i've still got a little bit of a uh uh, breathing thing because of my sinuses but for the most part i was just exhausted you know it's uh when you it's been sickness after sickness after sickness throughout the month of january uh in my house and uh keeping up with a, a family of uh, of a, with a lot of kids in it and the kids are sick it can uh, it, it can hit you uh, pretty hard <laughs> so that you don't recover real easily which is kind of where I am right now so you get a little common cold which normally would be well you know, it's a, it's a petty annoyance like mosquitoes in the summertime uh, and it turns into uh, something quite worse than that or it feels like something worse than that and I was just Plum exhausted yesterday, trying to stay awake on the way to, on the way to work. So, recording the daily deck, it was not at the. I I did not list it as a real possibility, but I did not want to miss a whole week. So here we are on Tuesday. I hope that you'll forgive me for that. Tuesday normally would be sorrowful mysteries, uh, but I'm going to pray the joyful as we normally do on Mondays. Uh, just. Because I'm go- I know that I'm going to be doing the Sorrowful again on Friday. I don't want to double-dose us. Uh, we have our, our schedule to get through. So while we will be reflecting on the Joyful Mystery today, I do encourage you to go and say your five decades, five Sorrowful Mysteries today after you have heard the recording, or if you've already done it before you've heard the recording, all the better. But don't uh, alter your regular prayer routine because I have had the I made the executive decision to suspend uh recording yesterday. You know, and even by asking that, I'm already making some very great presumptions. So I hope that you'll forgive me for uh, anything like anything like that. Now, today we have a prayer request. It's a general prayer request. We've had several general prayer requests that have come through for the end of January here. And this is the first of the bunch. So far, I've had a lot of personal prayer requests. People praying for this individual or that individual having this issue or that issue. Uh, But now, I've had a bunch of general prayer requests. I have a prayer request on the list here for peace in the Ukraine. I have a prayer request here for uh, Brazil, the people of Brazil, for people starting families, uh, for people who are uh, against the... Uh, The um, murderous hordes of abortionists Uh, and uh, and today we have a general prayer request for laborers and workers uh, as we enter into what is usually the coldest part of the winter uh, both in the south and in the north Uh, I don't think I've made any uh, secret of the fact that I live south of the Mason-Dixon line and uh, we had rather a harsh uh, freezing uh, winter in December, but typically it is in fact January and February when things hit the hardest. So uh, it's appropriate to say this prayer as we're coming out of the winter. For all of the workers, particularly outdoor workers, um, who are stuck in the cold, and by this we mean laborers, you know, the, the real the, the, the red blood, the life blood of American labor the manual laborer, uh, and uh, and. Of course, tradesmen who work out in the open, uh, most of the time uh, people don't have uh, their uh, HVAC system or their plumbing and easily accessible and uh, well, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, climate controlled environments. So all of these men who are out there uh, earning for their families, working for their families, we're going to pray for them in general, for their health and well-being. Uh, and that prayer request came in from a long-time uh, listener and good friend of the show, Stuka. Uh, he's been—I, uh, you know—it's—I it, uh, don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that he's one of the people uh, who's responsible for this even existing, the Daily Decade existing, uh, because he's the one that really uh, put me in touch with a lot of the people that could spread the word and get me out there and eventually get the daily deck is syndicated on more than one place so uh, oh so great thanks to him too and i hope that you'll, you all will pray for him because he's one of these hard-working men who are out in the weather so now if you have a prayer request i have prayer requests booked up through february not all the way through february but it as this illustrates it doesn't need to be a personal request any request will do and I will be delighted to pray for you. It's part of my personal penance uh, as I struggle with my own sins to try to give it back to God for all the favors that I've been shown throughout my life despite not being a friend of the Almighty for a very long time. So please write in prayer requests. Daily Decade Requests at Proton.me Decade is D-E-C-A-D-E Requests in the plural at proton. Dot M for Michael, E for Elizabeth. That's the email address. You can also drop me a line on Telegram, Gab, or the Fediverse. I'm on the Post instance, POA.ST, and all three of those at The Daily Decket. Uh, you can also drop a line on the website, Pray the Rosary, everyday.wordpress.com, or on one of the two sites on which I am syndicated. You will find The Daily Decket on ExodusAmericanus.com and Americaner.org and coming soon to any other networks that are willing to spread the word of the Holy Rosary for the edification and spiritual benefaction of uh, Christians of all stripes uh, who are in this great neglected minority of the uh, international European I like that phrasing, otherwise known as white people. Uh, However, of course, my reach is far beyond that, but um, they have become, we have become something of a special audience for me because uh, so many are desperately in need of spiritual guidance and spiritual refreshment and are being neglected by the world around us. And so if you are a person of European extraction, And you feel alone, turn to the Holy Rosary. Because our Lord and our Lady have been there for our people for almost 1,400 years. And they're still there for you. And they're still there for all of us. So, they will not neglect you. Don't neglect them. And if this is the first time, if you're first time listening, then uh, you can uh, begin today, right now with the Holy Rosary as we're going to uh, so let's go ahead put ourselves in the presence of God uh, get your rosary out uh, if you don't have a rosary they're not too difficult to procure so go and get yourself one it does actually help with the saying of the devotion and we're going to pray for all of the workers of uh, <laughs> I almost said workers of the world uh, but in a <laughs> uh, which uh, which I think would lose me a couple of followers Uh, But yes, actually, um, in keeping with the spirit of Rerum Novarum, uh, the laborers and the workers all around the globe, particularly here among our people, uh, who are out in the cold, out in the weather, struggling, uh, fighting the good fight in order to fulfill their fatherly duties or their filial duties, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who by the Holy Ghost was conceived, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery is the presentation in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping from this vale of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile... Show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, who didst deign to send thine only begotten Son, who by his life, death, and resurrection didst purchase for us the rewards of eternal life, look with favor on us, that meditating on the sacred mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain, and obtain what they promise, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Saint Joseph, patron of workers, laborers, those who craft with their hands, we humbly beg thy intercession on behalf of these, thy patrons, thy thy, uh, clients, of whom thou art so generous a patron in thy prayers and thy petitions, that they may benefit to the fullest of these petitions, that they may be comforted in their discomfort, that they may be rewarded in their heavy labors, that they may be given comfort in their exhaustion, that their families may flourish at the hands of their leadership that they may give a good life full of God's grace to their wives and to their children through the work of their hands and the example that they provide. And we ask this in the name of thy foster son, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our labors, physical and spiritual, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mercy on us, most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is a, the is the uh, the mystery today. I should say the mystery today is the presentation in the temple. Now we have something of a theme going here on our joyful mysteries, the story of salvation as it's unfolded in each of these. Now, we talked about the, the, the uh, nativity of our Lord last week. We talked about the visitation. Uh, we talked about the, the, these manifestations that take place. So you have Adam and Eve to Abraham to Moses And now, inevitably, we come to the establishment, the first manifestation in the temple of God. And it is this obedience to the law that, in fact, reflects on what is going on in this place. Before the construction of the great temple in Jerusalem, the Ark of the Covenant and all of the instruments or accoutrements that accompanied the Ark for the worship of God, and this is the the priestly ephod, the the robes, the the bread and the wine of offering, uh, the, uh, the the Ark itself, obviously, uh, the altar of incense, uh, etc. All of these things were kept in a Makeshift tabernacle. Now, when when I say makeshift, you might imagine it to be sort of uh, a, a shoddy kind of construction, but it wasn't. It was thrown. It was not just thrown together. A lot of thought, a lot of care, and a lot of direct instruction from the Almighty went into the establishment of this tabernacle. But to our eyes, it was very much an impermanent structure. It was a tent uh, that was established, uh, not too dissimilar from what they had had when they wandered in the desert. And from the time of the wandering in the desert up to the time of King Solomon, which which covers all of the time of the judges and covers all of the time of Moses, Joshua, uh, we're, we're talking about hundreds of years here, the worship of God took place in this impermanent tabernacle. The building of the great temple of Solomon was one which, according to Scripture, we are taught was dear to the heart of everyone who ruled Israel, except for Saul. Saul doesn't talk about the temple. But you have a desire to have a permanent place. David talks about it in particular. And Solomon really makes it a big deal. And it is in response to to David and Solomon's particular desire to build this thing that the Lord instructs them both to build houses for themselves first and the reason behind the reason behind this being that God is, makes clear, wants to make clear that the temple that is built on earth no matter how grand the temple built on earth will always be one of impermanence and it is not the temple that he intends to provide. Like with all things, God will provide what is necessary. Like Abraham and Isaac on the hillside, God provides the sacrifice, the ram caught in the uh, brambles after the angel catches Abraham's hand. God provides the sacrifice. And it's 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 right it's right there god will provide the sacrifice abraham says so to isaac on the way up the hill and and doesn't he because god came down to earth as this little this little baby jesus is the sacrifice god will provide the sacrifice and as god says to solomon and david god will provide the temple now eventually he does instruct Solomon, okay, build when you build the temple, because you're going to build the temple, when you build the temple, the time is ripe, you will build it according to these specifications. And he lays out very clear instructions as to what Solomon should do. And actually, there's I can't really go into it in, in detail, but if you look at the Temple of Solomon and how it's laid out, it is something of a theological exposition on the human soul and on humanity in general as as we are meant to be. Uh, The temple is uh, an allegorical expression of the place where God is meant to be worshipped in righteousness and truth. Christ does say that that we will worship God in truth. And uh, the way in which we do that is in the place that has been prepared for him. I I did a, um, a short talk uh, on the reflection on this uh, subject uh, it must have been four or five weeks ago I think it was in the middle of, of, la- of the last series and it was it was talking about this on the, in the temple itself that we find, oh no, it was on the finding of Jesus we find Jesus where we have a place prepared for him anyway, it's too much to go into all of the detail there but suffice to say that the temple has a lot of meaning beyond just the bricks and mortar the temple is here presented the presentation in the temple is Our Lady and St. Joseph being obedient to the law in spite of the fact that they don't need to be there's no necessity to the purification of the Blessed Mother she's already been purified by even giving birth to Christ that in itself is a pure act Even if she were not immaculately conceived, she would have been made immaculate by the very act of carrying and giving birth to God in the flesh. God fulfills and purifies everything he touches directly, meaning that the fact that he's there, that the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is actually living inside of her means that even if she were not immaculately conceived which is a theological necessity for other reasons she would still be made immaculate by that process that's how pure she was and so she doesn't need to be purified in the temple but she goes because she is obedient to the law and because it is the right thing God loves obedience to his law And she loves God, and so she wants to do what God loves. The same is true here of David and Solomon. They want to build the temple. God has provided what is necessary. It's not really necessary to have the temple, and he keeps telling them that. But the desire, the deep drive and love of God to make this great edifice for him is Incredibly strong with them, even well, it's not necessary. And the same thing is true of David goes and he worships in the high places. Uh, these, these high places, you, you hear this a lot. The abomination of desolation in the high places from the uh, uh, the apocalypse of Daniel. And elsewhere, when you read the books of the four, in, in all four books of Kings, they talk about, I suppose it's, it's two books of Samuel and two books of Kings if you're going with the Hebrew numbering. But in all these books, in all the historical books, they talk about worshiping in the high places. Now, by the time of Jeroboam, that was something that was completely forbidden because the temple had been built. But prior to that, in the time of David and Saul, worship in the high places was. Acceptable, And David himself did it. The idea being that these were places where the people simply could not hold back. They found a place where they could set up an altar to God so that they could give him worship. They knew it wasn't perfect. It wasn't the tabernacle. But they wanted so badly to be connected with God that they set up these high places. And so these were there. And they were, and it was in very much... It, it provided, God didn't frown upon it. It was very much fulfilling the, the need. And if David had not expressed desire to build a house for God, it seems very much from the scripture like the topic just simply would never have come up. Worship was possible without it. But David expressed that, that desire. David expressed that a place should be prepared, an action should be taken, a work should be done men should labor for the glory of God as the Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph and the baby Jesus made this great and arduous journey from Galilee to Jerusalem as they, and this is after the great journey that they made out out into Egypt and then back in again the life being sought or it's immediately before that you have great labor, great pains being taken in order to be pleasing to God and it is also here at the presentation of the temple that the true temple is revealed for the first time to the people of Israel the first temple, Solomon's temple was easy to see as a temple it was easy to Understand, But it was nevertheless taken for granted. The people of Israel, the Hebrews, neglected that temple. And the Samaritans, with the northern kingdom of Israel breaking off, nevertheless built themselves a temple. Even though they should have gone down to worship at the one temple in Jerusalem. Nevertheless, they built themselves something of their own. They took for granted. This temple in their midst, this place of this singular place of worship, the singular font of grace, in their midst, and so it was. It was. It was ransacked by Gentiles because the Jews neglected it and showed uh, what's the word? Um, disdain for not disdain. Um, contempt. That's the word I'm looking for. Contempt showed contempt for it just as they showed contempt for christ and handed him over to the gentiles to be crucified and tortured they have they treated both temples in exactly the same way one temple could be ransacked and left and torn to pieces and it would take a non-jew and edomite and idumean herod to rebuild it I think it was 43 years it took them to rebuild it. And the other temple would be torn down and rebuilt in three days, raised up again to the salvation of all who would believe in him. It falls to us now to behold the temple that has been provided to us the place of worship both spiritual and physical that we should not repeat the mistake of the Jews and neglect or hold in contempt or take for granted the worship of God that is a gift to us for in his worship, in worshiping him, we know him And if we worship him in truth, we know him in fullness. And that is the prayer that I think most appropriately accompanies this reflection. That we should know God. And that we should worship him in truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.